Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Happy end of school for those who are experiencing it, for your children or for yourself. It's an incredible period of time, isn't it? The kids get so excited about this time. I remember myself, the joys of freedom. And what's amazing about this time is that deep down, what the kids really want is structure. They really want to be with their friends. They really want to have a structured day. But this feeling of freedom is so enticing to them. It's so exciting. So for those who are experiencing it through their kids, so this is a little bit muted from, from years past, where it was just sort of unadulterated joy for school ending. But it's an amazing transition. I think we all have that to some extent, where we all want that level of freedom that ability to do whatever we want, but really our greatness doesn't take place in freedom. Really our greatness takes place in structure. And that's a big difference. As one gets to be an adult and we don't have structured environments, it becomes much harder for us to understand that. And the more structure we place ourselves and the more structure we put around ourselves, the more successful we'll be. We've been talking a lot about significance here. We've try to delve into this concept that we have this inner need to be con- to 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 grow to be connected a piece of us comes from the ground and in search of significance society tells us if you get a symbol you'll get it and the more we go after symbols the the harder it is for us because symbols never satisfy i got an email from someone yesterday and it, it, it's a very common email that i've been getting this feeling of everything is fine, but I don't feel, I feel empty. I'm get, I must, I, I can't even count the versions I've gotten over the past just two, three weeks. Of every spectrum, mom and kids, person at work, whatever it is. I got the stuff that I want and I'm empty. And the answer is, is because the relation we have to the things that we want is maybe in our, in, in the arrows directing in, even if we're giving, but the more we recognize the things that are in our lives are there for us to become more of value to them. And the more we get the joy of being of value to more people, the more we can take the smallest things and get lost in it, which is really connected to this whole idea of flow. That the real joy in your life comes by getting lost in what's in front of you. That, by the way, is a critical, like, checkpoint for us before we move into the next area like if we're at the border right now of significance and we're entering into the territory of connectedness one great major checkpoint that we have to always remember is that happiness is not going to be contingent on anything happiness is a choice and one great powerful way to ensure happiness is to get lost in the things that you're doing you may have to be more, more um, discriminative, discriminative as to what you're choosing to do. Fine. But when you get lost in what you're doing, you're happy. The difference between the kid who is playing Lego and is the king of a castle and he's like lost in his world and the dad who's throwing a football in the backyard with his son or his daughter and thinking about the emails that he has to, to, to read is, is the two different worlds. It's getting lost in something. It's getting lost in a conversation. It's getting lost in, a, in, in, in work that you're doing. It's getting lost in life. 
Right. Awesome, Liron. Exactly. Be where your feet are. That's an awesome thing. That's a great line. Liron, for those who don't have the benefit of Zoom, Liron just dropped a great line on our chat. Be where your feet are. Exactly. And what that does. Now, here's the key, though. It only really works if you're trying to give to it. Even if it's a garden you're giving to. Even if it's cleaning up. You're trying to get better. You're trying to, to, to be more of value. If you allow yourself to be a giver in the moments that you're in, you're going to find a lot more joy in the things that we're doing. And that's the world of significance. And then once we get into that space, that's when we start to have a chance at influencing more people, at being a bigger influence, at, at all the stuff that we want. And then when you're giving that much value to your clients, you're usually going to be able to, to ask for more compensation, et cetera, et cetera. People get wealthy overtaking. People get wealthy overgiving. You just got to choose. So now we got to move into the next category. And the next category of one's psychological needs is connectedness. In the world of the self-determination theory, they speak about this from a place of relatedness to other people. You can't live in a, in a, in a, in a bubble. You can't live in isolation. It doesn't work. A lot of studies about people that are uh, later in their lives and they lose a spouse later in life, people that have been married 50 plus years and they lose a spouse and the impact that it has on them because they've been used to being with somebody. The feeling of being alone is very difficult. We all feel it. We all know it. Our kids sort of sense it. Like I said, that's why you, if you put your children to bed, the one thing they want more than anything is to sleep for you to sleep with them. Why? Why do I have to lay in bed with you? The answer is because it's dark and I feel alone. They can't articulate it, but that's what they feel. We're very scared of being alone. And when we accomplish things alone, they don't feel the same. When we accomplish things in life and we are alone, it doesn't feel like it's a true accomplishment. Even if we have people around us, even if we're surrounded by people, but we know, we sense it if we feel alone. And this is a psychological need called relatedness, connectedness. You need to be connected to people, which is why people play games. Because I want to feel connected to the team. I want to feel connected to my group. This is why people go, like I said, this is why people go to football stadiums. It makes no sense. I, I'm logically to go watch a game in December outside for five hours and spend enormous amount of money just to watch a game that you've got a better chance of watching with multiple angles in your, the comfort of your home. It's only you go because of connectedness. You want to be connected to something. That's why people are constantly trying to connect themselves to parties and to sports teams and to groups. Why? Because they want to be connected. Why is this? Because at our core, we're a soul. And a soul is just one connected piece of a larger whole. Not only is the soul sitting around going, hey, body, can you step up and be me? And so we need, we need this feeling of significance this growth of being an earthly body to being a, a, a divine soul, it's more than that. The core of who we are is part of something else. It's, it's how we exist. It's the origins of what we are. We're just a piece of the larger divine light. We don't exist independently. Our body may be independent. We don't exist. We have a shared soul. We see it all the time. A husband and a wife are two parts of the same soul. They've reunited. 
A nation, we are taught, a nation is just under one large national soul. So if you have very myopic view, views, you see, like, if I would show you my finger, my fingers, if you didn't know that it was connected on top, you'd see four different things. You'd be like, that's four different entities. But as soon as you have a little bit of knowledge and it goes up, you go, well, that's not really four entities. It's part of a hand. That's how it works spiritually. We're at the lowest level, so to speak, of the levels of soul. So we feel like I'm independent than you. I feel, I feel like I can beat you. I feel like if I win and you lose and I win, that's not how it really works in the world of spirituality. The way it really works is that me and you are, are connected. We're this, we come from the same place. I can't possibly win if you lose. There's actually a very famous Jewish law in this. Isn't this beautiful Jewish law? When you make a blessing on doing a commandment, a mitzvah, usually if you make a blessing, you can't keep on making blessings. I, make, I made a blessing on this coffee. I can't keep on making a blessing. I made it already once. You make one blessing and you move on. You can't keep on using God's name. But when it comes to a commandment, let's assume I have a commandment to, um, to take a lulav on the, the holiday of Sukkot. We have a mitzvah. We have a commandment to take and shake a lulav. Let's assume I did that. Or let's make it easier. Every, every Shabbat, I have a mitzvah to make kiddush. Let's do that. So I made kiddush. I made Kiddush. I'm good. Now let's assume a family member walks in and they need to hear Kiddush. They don't know how to say it. Can I say it again? I did it already. I'm done. I made my blessing. You know what the Jewish law says? You can. How? The answer is because if they didn't do it yet, then there's a piece of you that didn't, that, didn't, that didn't do it yet. Is that incredible? That means if there's some other Jew, you have, you have a responsibility to make this commandment. This is our responsibility. God commanded us to make this to make this blessing. If there's some other person in our nation that has not yet made that blessing, that means there's a piece of my soul that has not fully fulfilled the commandment of Kiddush, of Kiddush, so I can make the blessing again. You know why? Because we're interconnected. It's life. That's the nature of the soul. We don't win when other people go down. We don't. By the way, and we're connected to our nation, we're connected to this world. We don't win when other people lose it doesn't really work that way if they're your enemy and you have okay fun thing now that means that i'm not going to be fully fulfilled in this world if i'm not connected to other people i don't got to be connected to everyone but i need a true sense of connection to someone else to other people in order to feel fulfilled now this is where it gets complicated how do we do that now, it can't be that everyone's got to pat me on the back, right? Then we get lost in the trap of significance. If I got to wait for the whole world to love me, then I go back to my old traps. So what's blocking connection? What's blocking connection? It's in, uh, look at the mission for uh, why Yosha, look at the Mishnah Brewer. It's in there. If you want to, if you're sorry to look at the Yalkut Yosef, it's in there as well. What's, I think it's in the Mishnah Brewer, but I, I follow Yalkut Yosef, so that's where I found it from. So what's blocking connection? So let's begin this process. This is a, um, a critical thing for us to, to, to talk about today. And we're going to delve into it today, and I hope tomorrow. And I think if we can get this, I think we're going to continue growing with Hashem, with God's help in our way. Kids are little. Let's start with kids. Why? Because kids are are honest, right? They're little. They don't. They haven't been brought into this world yet. They're little. They're they're playing. They're they're in their own little spaces. If you want to see honesty, look at a child. 
That's why, by the way, I once heard someone saying that that's why people love trying to make kids laugh. Why? Why, why do you take like this like high-powered guy and like all of a sudden he sees a baby and like he naturally is like trying to like Google Gaga him? Why? Because when a kid smiles, it's real. And everyone else smiles, you don't know. And a real smile feels different. Let's take a child. He's two years old. He comes into this world. She comes into this world. And from when they first start coming into this world, it's like, it's total jumping, right? They're, they, they're growing, they're learning, they're playing, they're laughing, they're crying. They're yelling, they're screaming, they're best friends with somebody. They hate the person. They shared the toy. They didn't share the toy. The life of a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old is a constant roller coaster. And they are who they are. They fail sometimes. They win sometimes. They're not that embarrassed. They embarrass us sometimes. They'll say whatever they want in their minds. You ever sit around with a four-year-old, a five-year-old? Anything goes on in the house. As soon as you, if anything goes on in this house, the, five, the five-year-old is like broadcasting it to everybody else. What are you going to tell them? Don't say anything? Everything is honest, right? You don't got to promise a five-year-old anything because if you say it, they take it as a promise, right? They, they, they play with anything. They, it's, a, it's a different world. They you watch kinder, kindergartens usually don't, don't have, there's no drama in kindergarten. There's no like, he sat next to me, I'm mad at him. There's no like, did you call me last night? There's no drama. They're just kindergarten kids. I don't know. They're sitting around and playing. They may not, they may, they may be out of space, but they're just the sense of who they are is who they are. That kid grows up and now the kid becomes six or seven or eight. Sometimes a little later, sometimes a little earlier. It depends on the kid. And that kid's about to get on the bus. And if it's like in my house when they were little, and I would say to them, okay, everybody, bus time, whenever we get them all ready. And like wintertime in New York gets cold sometimes. So it's like we have a, a little process. I would do like hats and gloves and jackets and knapsacks and all kiss and off you go. Hats and gloves and jackets and knapsacks and kiss and off you go. And every day, every day, every, the same deal. Hats, gloves, jacket, jackets, knapsack, kiss and off you go. So you put the kids in the bus, you put the kids in the bus, you put the kids in the bus. All of a sudden, one day, something happens. Hats, gloves, and the kid goes, oh, I'm not, I don't want to wear my hat. And you go, why? He goes, but I don't want my hat. And you say, yeah, but it's cold outside. And the kid looks at you and goes, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to wear that. And you're like, why? It's cold. And they tell you the following line. It's, there's different versions of this line, but this is the beginning I know it's cold, but I'm not going to wear it because when I wear it, I look like a geek, nerd. I don't like it. It doesn't look good. And at that moment in that kid's life, there's something that was been, that has been born. There's something else that exists in the life of that child that is not them because what normal human being would want to be cold? Even if you're eight, what an eight-year-old wouldn't put their hand in the fire. They wouldn't deliberately go outside if it was cold. But why would an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old deliberately choose to not put on something warm? Because when they get on a bus, they would. Somebody may look at them in a way that they may not like. Like what happened? What, what, what drove them to act against their self-interest? 
what drove them to put themselves in a scenario that was going to be more physically uncomfortable for them? And the answer is the image. When you live in this world, we have a natural need to connect. It's not the same as significance. Significance is to dominate, to win, to get the A. We're okay in the world of significance being the one person on top. But once you get into the world of connectedness, of relatedness, there's another thing that's driving us. There's that need to be connected to other people. There's the need not to win, but to be connected, to be approved of, to be included in. There's some schools where in class, the, the, the approval mechanism is failing. So kids are deliberately trying to lose because they want to be approved of. They want to be included in a circle. That world of I need to be connected, I need to be with other people, now puts me in a precarious scenario. That means that what society is giving me is not just a symbol that I'm winning. Society is setting the rules of how I'm going to be accepted. Society is also setting the rules of what we consider to be the threshold of you being one of us. It's different. It's distinct. It's different than significance. You're not trying to stand out. You're trying to fit in. And that fitting in is critical because you can't be alone. We can't go to school and feel alone. We can't go out into the big world and be alone. And so we need people to tell us what it is that we need to do to be accepted into this little society. So when I wake up in the morning, I feel like I am connected to somebody else. And when you're little, whoever's on the bus, whoever's in your class, whoever is an upper gradesman, whoever is in this little micro society called family, friends, school, whoever's in these worlds set the terms of what it is that we determine are things that you need to do to be accepted with us. And at that moment, we realize that, hey, I may not make it. I was putting on the hat and I thought it was okay, but I guess my friends think it's ugly. I was wearing these clothes. I was eating this food. I was saying these things. I was this nice. I was, I was playing with anybody. I was studying. I wasn't studying. I was just being me. I guess that's not enough. So now I have to create a little bit of a film, a little bit of a screen around me. And I got to make sure that screen, even if it's not me really, I got to make sure that screen is accepted. And that's called the birth of the image. Regardless of whether I want to wear that hat, it's going to mess up my image. And the people that I'm interacting with now are now not interacting with the true me. They're interacting with a version of me that I need to put around me so that the people around will accept me. The birth of the image is now the creation of this shell that we put around us, that we work on and tinker with to make sure that we can put on this body armor and connect to people. When you're little, you don't realize it. And then as you get older, you still don't realize it.
and we're going to do today, uh, tomorrow with God's help, and maybe we'll see. So we have to take that out and analyze it. Because many times the reason we don't feel connected is because the people that are connecting to us are not connecting to us. They're connecting to our image. We're connecting to their image. It's like we're, it's like we're both walking around with these big body armor suits. And I'm just talking, my image is talking to their image. And both of us are like nestled behind feeling feeling a little bit more alone. All right, we'll continue this. Thanks so much for your time today. We should, uh, let's spend the day trying to really push to get lost in the world, lost in giving value and begin the process of trying to discern. This is stuff that we're, we're cutting, we're cutting with, very, with scalpels. We're not, we're not using axes. Discern between what is us, what is our image. And we'll talk about this with God's help tomorrow. I look forward to God's help to see you again tomorrow. Thanks so much.